I have to lie to women to get laid. And, and I don't score much. I got a little dick. It's pathetic. Oh, 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 God. Oh, would a spy pee himself up? Huh? Oh, God. Please, I'm not worth a vote. Oh, mercy, sir. Get the fuck out of here. And welcome, people. This is episode 116 of Dude and the Monkey. Uh, I am Mark Foster, uh, one of your co-hosts, and I'm joined as ever by Ian Laurie. Hello. Uh, and today we're going to bring you uh, a couple of reviews of, of new horror films. Uh, we're going to bring you a review of Creep, uh, the uh, new film from uh, Mark Duplass. Uh, it's directed by him, it's directed by Patrick Bryce, but it's co-written by him and starring him. We're also going to bring you a review of the much talked about We Are Still Here. Uh, again, another new horror film directed by Todd George Higgin. Sure. Yeah, we're going to go with that. Um, and starring Barbara Crampton in that one as well there. Uh, we're also going to throw some one... Not one no, we're not going to do one of that one, are we? We're going to do some what we've been watching. Uh, and some trailers and probably some tangents along the way. Uh, anything else to add, Ian, before we, we dive into some trailers? No, but um, I'm good. Well, do you want to like maybe mention Film Rant? Or... Yeah, Film Rant, uh, unfortunately, uh, for the time being, will be on a possible permanent hiatus because... Um, Sadly, no, and we generally do mean that sadly because no had a lot of shit on there and a lot of um, sort of time, effort, and blood, sweat, and tears in there um, up for you know a number of years. But it seems like this time has kind of suffered a bit of a fatal crash, uh, and um, it, it, it's it's unlikely at the moment that we'll be we'll be getting it back. Uh, so it, it was one of those things where it, it was kind of it was fun while it lasted, but for the time being, it, it won't kind of be around. Um, we never say never, so that we, you know we can't say whether or not we might end up with resurrecting something in some way in the future. But for the time being, it's it, it, been put on a kind of certain yeah, I mean, in the end of the day, Noel was the one who like basically did all the work on the site anyway. We just like wrote posts essentially, yeah. so um, I completely understand where he's coming from. I barely have the fucking the time, or at least I maybe have the time, but I don't really want to be writing in that time. And like getting the one or two posts out a week was kind of effort enough for me. And when it starts being effort, it's almost like what's the point? And I, I like I'm not going to put words in Noel's mouth, but I think certainly building the site back up would have been effort that he would probably 
be best off without. Yeah, it, it's one of those things. It takes it takes a lot um, to kind of build it. You know, when it was when it was polishing a site up, it, you know, that takes enough effort in and of itself um, to actually essentially do a complete new rebuild. Will we'll just be beyond at the time. I think that any of us have <laughs> at the moment. Like I say, we can. We'll never say never on something because we might at one point go. Do you know what? We've all got a little bit more time here now. You know, in the in the future, uh, and go. Fuck it. Let's give it another go. But for the time being, it will kind of be on a hiatus. I'm sure there's going to be still places that you're going to be able to catch what we've got to do. This isn't going away at all. Um, so there'll be places you'll be able to catch what we want to write or stuff like that. Um, I'm sure. Um, but for the time being, unfortunately, that will be won't be the place for it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I kind of feel like my ship's starting to sail on the writing thing. Anyway, to be honest, I much I much more enjoy the podcasting. I I do to be honest. You know, the, the podcasting great it, it, it's a freer kind of environment for, for talking about it and Noel obviously will no was actually originally supposed to be on this podcast um but he had a, a very heavy heavy day yesterday and it, it is is just it, it is not well also mm-hmm. um i was at a stag weekend yeah stag day yesterday but i, I left a little bit earlier i think than, than Noel did and I, i'm just a little bit bruised from being shot <laughs> No, I was putting stuff up on Facebook at like half one, two in the morning. Yeah. And I, I actually, I, mean, I meant to ask him what the fuck those posts were all about. But um, yeah, so that was pretty hardcore. I just like stayed up till about one, half one, watching Kanye West or Glastonbury and then playing Arkham Knight. So I don't really have any excuse, but I feel fine. Uh, I, my my uh, I have a very big bruise on my uh, lower back. Uh, my legs are are, are burning um, from running around and stuff like that. Because I also played a little bit of semi-drunk football uh, for a while, uh, and um, I I've got a really big bump on my head because uh, in in paintball, the paintball we went to, essentially anything what counted as being essentially a kill, so you were out of the game, was if you got shot on the overalls. So if you got shot. In the head and the hands and the feet that didn't count so my idea was <laughs> my I, I, idea okay. ridiculous idea was well i've got this mask that covers my face essentially mm. um and i went full american sniper and spent the entire time wearing a reverse baseball cap um and thought well hang on a minute i bet you look like a fucking prick doing I, I, that i look i, I, I look the bomb yeah okay. um I thought, well, well, you know, all I need to do here then is to have the advantage is just to use uh, bravery slash stupidity and just constantly have my head up above so I could see where anybody was at any point and then I could shoot them. And the worst thing that could happen was I got a bit of pain on my visor. Well, well, in the actual reality of that, what happened was I got shot in the face and in the head an awful lot. <laughs> and at the time, I thought, well, this is great. This, I'm, just, I'm just fucking picking people off because I can see them. And all that keeps happening is I keep getting shot in the hands and the face. Uh, after a while, that started to really hurt. <laughs> but yeah, bravery meant I, I shot a lot of people. I hate paintballing. I only ever went once, man. Fucking detested it. I I, I, I love it in, in a way of going. I get to be really violent. I, I also I also did a joke that in my mind, right, was incredible. Except none of the other twenty odd players got it at all. Mm. Uh, and so I had that embarrassing thing of everyone going, uh, "What was that?" And I just went, "Tombstone." Seriously, Tombstone. Nobody. Right. Yeah. All right. I just looked like a dick then, didn't I? Where at one point. 
when a, an alarm went off, it went essentially into you couldn't. You know, no matter how many times you got shot, you didn't die mode for like the last minute. So I just came out from behind a tree and shouted no, and just started just shooting. Nobody got it. Oh, bless you. <laughs> I know. So, so yeah. So with the with the fucking full American sniper thing of the reverse baseball and like that, I look like such a prick. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so that was that was my weekend. Um, nice trailers, Ian. Uh, what have you watched uh, this week? Yeah, I've watched a few actually. Um, yeah, so I watched a, yeah Hitman Agent Forty Seven, the, the second go at the Hitman franchise for some fucking reason. Um, I mean, like there are a lot of video games out there. Why? I mean. Why? I don't know, but I yeah, will say... There hasn't even been another Hitman game since the last Hitman movie, is there? I think there, there might have been one, and I know there's a Hitman game, like, coming. It was oh, at E3. Right, well, that uh, But I don't know whether it's actually going to be out, like, this year, but there is one coming, so it is still in the ether. This trailer just looked like the most generic Euro-action type thing. I'm sure it's produced by like, Luke Besson. It feels like one of those ones. But then, there's a shot at the end where I was just like, Right, I'm actually, I'm fair enough. I'm up for this. I've never seen that before. All right. Um, and it's basically. Do you mind if I tell you? No, tell me. Right, helicopter comes out of building, and then it flies into the building, and then just kind of keeps going. So like the rotor blades just like smash into shit, but somehow it just keeps going, and it's like. Right, I don't. I genuinely don't think I've ever seen that before. That's quite an interesting image. It's probably about as much in the film as there was in the trailer. But you know what? I'm now going to watch this film. So there you go. Yeah, I suppose you know, it, you know, it's probably going to be um, a fair amount of fun. I skip Woods that's written it, isn't it? Right. Yeah. Well, who wrote? Uh, excuse me. He wrote Swordfish, the original Hitman movie. Uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine, The mm. A-Team, A Good Day to Die Hard, and Sabotage. Well, we uh, we, we both actually <laughs> thought A Good Day to Die Hard was okay, didn't we? Was I suppose. Yeah. I fucking love The A-Team. And The A-Team was good. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, that he, a bit of a jobber would be the uh, the way of describing that yeah, gentleman, I think. But, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm... I, I, I'm somewhat up for it. It's not one I'm going to go to the cinema to see, but I'll watch the fuck out of it on Netflix. It's one of those, isn't it? Yeah, that, is an ultimate, that is a proper fucking Netflix watch. That's a midweek Netflix watch. Defo. Absolutely, man. So, but yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I, I, it, you know, you don't see that many trailers and actually say, I've actually never seen that before these days. So good on it for that, I suppose. Um, you still there? Yes, Lou. Yeah, yeah. Right, okay. My uh, my computer is now finally giving up the ghost because the Skype update. Um, so I don't have access to my PC anymore. So I'm running slightly blind here, even though I'm we're still recording. It's a weird bug that Skype seems to have whenever I update <laughs> it. So yeah. Um, yeah. So I watched the trailer for Kung Fu Panda Three, which was basically just like one gag, but I quite like the gag. Um, it's coming out in January, at least in the US, which is fascinating. Mm, that's usually a dumping ground. The thing is, you release a kid's film in January when nothing else is about, and that is probably going to clean up. I think it's smart, because I know <laughs> Country Panda 2 underperformed, and that came out in the summer. Why not stick it out in January, be the only thing about for the month? 
Yeah, yeah, but that, that, that's it, you know, because it, it's not exactly a film that people are going, ooh, Kung Fu Panda 3, ooh, 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 you know, if it didn't happen, nobody would give a shit. But yeah, it, it could end up pulling in the, you know, it could end up pulling in a decent amount of money. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I was, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, the trailer looks all right. I like the first two, so, I'll, you know, I'll check it out at some point. I've not seen them, to be honest. Um, I, I like him, man. Um, Kung Fu Panda 2 is this weird, dark thing, but it's also really colourful. It's uh, the, the kind of the, the tone is at odds with the visuals. It's, it's quite an interesting little film, as Kung Fu Panda 2. Um, and Kung Fu Panda 1, I've seen that film so many fucking times. Um, and I don't know why, I just, it, it's very watchable. Um, uh, Daddy's Home, uh, the new Will Ferrell uh, Mark Wahlberg yes, film. I, I, I watched this one. Uh, I'm up for it. I'm up for it. Yeah. That, yeah, I mean, it, it looks like it could be pretty fucking entertaining. The bit at the end of the trailer where he, yeah. where he punches the wall, <laughs> that's, that's fantastic. Yeah, um, yeah I, I, I mean, it, it's. I'm, I, I hope it's R-rated. Um, I think it will be, yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, I, I'm, why not? I'm, yeah, definitely up for that. Uh, what, what did you think of it? I, I was the same. Um, I looked at it and went... Hmm, Mark Wahlberg and Will Ferrell teaming up again. I am all for this. And then, yeah, I laugh my ass off at the when he's stuck in the wall and he just you can see him sort of tapping the wall and you think, what's he about to do? And it's just like, just uh, get me down and then go and put a shirt on. And then he just punches the wall and he falls. It, it, it's a great shot, yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I rewatched the other guys um, on the train back from Noel's wedding, if I remember correctly. And um, that... Fuck it, like those two are so good together in that fucking film. They are so good together. Yeah. Um. So I'm 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 interested to see them more at odds. Um. With this. Um. And I think the last one, uh, the Paranormal Activity: The Ghost Dimension, which it has been announced is going to be the final film in the Paranormal Activity series, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm sure they'll reboot it in five years. But then again, you probably say that about Saw, and we haven't had a reboot of that yet. So you never know. Um. I, I don't know. The Ghost Dimension is a fucking bizarre subtitle for a film. Um, but have you seen this trailer? I've not. No, I I I I've only watched one of the Paranormal Activity movies, and I really didn't like it. Oh, fair enough. I mean, the thing is, the last one, the marked ones, which starts off like as a real kind of spin-off, barely connected thing, but by the end, it, like. There's something in it that plays directly into like I think the first or the second one, and it was just like right, okay, they actually did that, and that thing where it actually starts meddling with time and space, which you don't expect. Mm. Um, it looks looks like they're kind of playing on that a bit with this. I mean, there's this great bit um, at the start of the trailer where these guys are watching a videotape. You know, it's like kind of found footagey type thing, obviously, and. Um, it's uh, uh, this um, girl basically like getting freaked out about like um, hearing ghosts, and then the guys are watching the video and they're kind of like taking the piss. And they're asking her questions, and then she starts answering them. And it's not that like she then turns to the screen and goes Rah! or anything like that. It's that she is actually hearing them. It's kind of like the others in yeah. in, in that way. Um, but I, I thought like it. It was quite a nice, um, not too sure what's going on here. And then it kind of reveals that it's that. And it's like, right, okay, that's actually not bad. Um, I I think I'll probably watch this one in the cinema just to kind of um, crown them off. It's, 
apart from the marked ones, I saw every single other one in the cinema. This is coming out in 3D for some reason, uh, which is odd. Um, kind of says to me it might not actually all be found footage because I'm yeah. like, really, like, why would you do a found footage 3D film? But you know, I'm sure there probably have already been some. But I'm I'm intrigued enough. Um, the the Paranormal Activity films. I mean, one I genuinely like. Two was disappointing. Three I actually saw twice in the cinema. I really liked three. Um, four was disappointing. Marked ones was okay. So you know, I I don't have a terrible history with this franchise. And if I'm going to see them out, I may as well watch the last one on the big screen. So there you go. And they've like Jason Blum's already come out and said like that a lot of shit as a lot of balls are in the air. We're going to actually try and catch them all. Like they're not, they're not just going to add more shit. They're actually going to answer shit, which I, I, I is probably a good idea to be honest, but It'll be interesting to see how it does. I think the whole kind of last one of the series thing might um, might put it in good stead. Um, it'll be interesting to see how it goes up against Crimson Peak. Um, yeah, that's a that's a that's a big film to take on. But the thing is, the last Paranormal Activity film could be construed as a good uh, as a big film to take on. Mm. Like just the fact that they're marketing it as the last one. Um, I hope they don't come out the same week because I think they really could cannibalise part of the audience. Yeah, they could split the difference essentially. Mm, so it yeah. end up being that both and seem like they fail, but in actual actuality, it's just that they've they've, they've just taken each other's numbers off each other. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But um, anyway, that that's it. I'm done. So any any more for you, bud? Yeah, a couple. Um, Masterminds, the uh, Christian uh, Wig, Zach Galifianakis, Jason Sudakis heist comedy uh, with Owen Wilson. Um, looks very much like you've got a bunch of talented actors, uh, talented comedic actors, um, just playing stupid characters again. Um, uh, Zach Galifianakis seems to have a little bit of a one-trip pony. They're all just different versions of Alan from uh, The Hangover. Uh, it, it's one of those where I'll inevitably watch it, but I won't definitely won't go to a cinema to watch it. Um, Sleeping with other people, uh, Alison Brian, uh, Jason Sudeikis uh, film. Uh, they play two people who went to high school together a year, and they I think they lost their virginity together uh, from the tra- together within the trailer. Uh, years later, they end up uh, reconnecting, uh, but they reconnect at a uh, meeting for sex addicts. Uh, and decide that the only way that they could have sort of any kind of relationship or friendship, etc., is if they don't have sex with each other. And then, obviously, the obvious things start to happen. It would seem. But then, you know, you do, I, I'm quite a big fan of Jason Sudeikis, so I'll I'll happily watch that at some point. Um, what else? Yeah, the Daddy's Home trailer. And I think. Oh, the uh, the Secret Life of Pets as well. I oh, actually, yeah, that. I watched that. Yeah. yeah um, the trailer is actually interesting because it literally just looks like a series of vignettes of um, what pets do when the owners go out for the day. Um, I really hope that's the film. And I, I really, will... yeah, that, that's it. If that's the film and you're going to give me an hour and 40 minutes of just that and almost like a fucking rear window aesthetic where we're looking at this essentially block, apartment block, and we get to spend a little bit of time with each pet. Uh, throughout the day of what they do while the the owner is away, that's fine. If if they try and go all fucking Toy Story on it and there's a big adventure, that is the point where I'll be like, 
So it's Toy Story, but with pets. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Toy Story with dogs was exactly what I was fucking thinking. To be yeah. to be fair, but I mean, I like System of a Down. We're in a uh, in a fucking Universal Pictures CG animated film trailer. Yeah, that's hilarious. Yes. And just the, uh, just the fact it's that dog who sticks and it on. The great I, like, thing is, you know it's about to happen as yeah, well, and it's still, it's still funny. Yeah, yeah it, the cat, the cat when it knocks its ball out, I and mean, then it's just looking at the uh, at the chicken, and it keeps closing the door, then opening it and looking at it again. And, and the thing is, usually any kind of digimation thing for me, I watch it and go, "Well, that's ugly and looks like shit." But with this, I was like, oh, "Do you know what?" If it comes out and it is literally just these little vignettes and this little series of that, I am very much up for this. Yeah. That that pug that keeps on just barking at the what is it at the bird and then going back and sitting back down and then barking at the bird again and then going back and sitting back down. That's great. Mm. Even the dog going, "What are you gonna do? Yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna wait here. I'm gonna wait here till they get home. Busy day for me. I'm just gonna wait here." <laughs> I was like, "That's brilliant." Yeah. I really, I just really, really, really hope that's the film. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I, it's like I'm, I'm not quite there yet, but I'm start starting to think of like first films for Lottie, and like I, I like if that was maybe a year later, that would be perfect. Yeah, it will be yeah. colourful little stories, not too much to take in to kind of keep threads going, etc. Like that. That that's that's what works. Mm, absolutely. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I, I, I really like the trailer as well, to be honest. Um, Illumination Entertainment, they're an interesting bunch. Uh, I mean, they kind of hit pay dirt with Minions, and mm. I think they've got a bit of a blank check now, so we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, I mean, God, they did hop as well, and that wasn't great yeah. at all. But, um, you know, we'll see. Cool. Right, uh, we'll get on to our first review then, uh, which is of uh, the film uh, Creep, which was released on... What day will it have been... Was it Tuesday? Tuesday. It was Tuesday, yeah. yes. It was released on Tuesday on iTunes, and it comes out on Netflix uh, everywhere, globally. Um, oh, a, is it really in the UK as well they're doing yeah, that? Yeah, uh, global Netflix release on July the 14th, it comes out, um, apparently. It, it is, as we understand it, it is the first in a series of three films that are planned for the uh, the films uh, and remember guys we are all spoilers all of the time uh, so we're going to play a trailer and then we'll, we'll get into it alright we are uh, leaving the flatlands and we are heading up towards the mountaintop we had set a thousand dollars for the day filming services discretion is appreciated Yellow door. I'm realizing that no one knows I'm here. Hi! Oh, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to scare you. I'm assuming you're Aaron. Yeah, I'm Aaron. Joseph. Oh my god. Oh my god. This is gonna be a good day. So, the reason I've hired you is because I have terminal brain cancer, and I want you to film me to make a video diary for my unborn son. You ready for this? Joseph. This is called an adventure. We don't know exactly where we're going, but I have a feeling. When you follow those feelings, great things can happen. Don't ever forget that. Joseph? <laughs> there was about two seconds there where it looked like you wanted to kill me. 
Justin, I think I'm gonna head back. You see my keys? One drink, okay. Bottoms up. scared. Don't be scared. It'll all be over soon. Okay, that was the trailer for Creep. It is written uh, and well co-written and directed by Patrick Bryce. He also stars in it. It's also written by Mark Duplitz, uh, who also stars in it. It is a Bloomhouse Tilt production. Um, so Jason Bloom is also uh, um, one of the producers on the film. Starts out, we've got uh, Patrick Bryce playing a character called Aaron, who's a videographer, and he's going to uh, do some work for a mysterious character named Joseph. He turns up uh, at Joseph's house. He isn't there, but we're quickly introduced to Joseph, played by Mark Duplass, who informs uh, Aaron that what he's doing is he's wanting to make a video of his life and throughout his day because he has cancer and he's dying and his wife's about to have uh, their first child, and he wants this to be sort of like an introduction to you know him as a person to his uh, as yet unborn son uh so that is how it's going to work but obviously this is a movie called creep and it's a, a kind of found footage horror movie then obviously this isn't exactly as everything would seem so ian um creep what, what did you think of it yeah so i had a really good time with this um it's Sure, it really like there's not an ounce of fat on it whatsoever. No, it is it is really short. Yeah, I mean like maybe seventy five minutes before credits, which you know, and that's that's great. You know everything you need to know about uh, the Patrick Bryce character um, just through conversations and stuff. You don't need backstory. You don't need to know that he's just broken up with his girlfriend and he's fallen on hard times and all that kind of bollocks. You know, it's like like little things you you get the sense of what that character is um and then you've got mark duplass who is just an absolutely blank page you have got no idea like what is going on with this guy until the end of the film and i like that the end of the film it just gives the just gives the answer he's a mentally ill guy who's done this before mm. basically you know and uh, it, it, you know, and he's dangerous, and that's it. And I love the way that he, his character, plays on um, the, uh, the like, like he knows what he appears to be, yeah. And 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 he 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 plays that stuff up like the the bit at the end where we, you know, the video he he sends him the videotape saying like I'm just I'm a lonely guy, I'm really sorry. I, you know, I just need to see you one more time. And then 
he just goes there and then he just kills him. You know, it, it's I like I like the bluntness of it. I like that. We don't you know, the reasoning. Yeah, yeah, the, the, yeah. I mean, there, there basically is no reasoning, and Patrick Bryce's character just is fundamentally a good guy who who just gets fucked over. Yeah, I, it, I, I, I like that. Like the bluntness of this film, I found very engaging, and you know, there's I don't know, there's no. 80s synth there's no clever <laughs> camera moves there you know there's no hot up-and-coming actress um you know there's no metaphor there's none of this stuff that like modern horror films seem to just have to be bollocks yeah yeah about. yeah which chin stroking uh chin stroker mike not that um uh kind of chin stroking um kind of bollock I'm not referring to Mike that's what I'm trying to say <laughs> Jesus Christ but that kind of bollocks you know where like people just feel the need to like analyse this stuff it's just it's very simple it's very brutal it is genuinely unnerving and even though I would say maybe not on a second time watch and I do wonder what they would do with a franchise mm. or like if there's going to be two other films as they're apparently planned but as a one time watch it fucking works a treat yeah uh, I'm, I'm pretty much exactly where there with you uh, it was yourself this because you said it was actually really kind of like you weren't sure why but it was actually really kind of quite creeping you out uh, and so I, I like Mark Duplass. Uh, I think he's a he's an interesting um, actor. Yeah, I've, I've enjoyed him in his comedic roles, um, and I wanted to sort of see you know what he could do with this and whether or not he could pull it off. And then straight away he, he's playing it. It's almost on the level of, of, of if he tips it a little bit further, it'll go into kind of spoof. But you might just tread that fine line of you know from minute one there's something not quite right there but it, it does play with you and kind of kind of take you down a road of you know at one point you think oh fuck what he's trying to do is he's trying to get this guy to kill him and then it goes it takes you down another road of like oh, hang on a minute what's and then what oh, you're constantly going right well there's this this isn't right this isn't real this isn't what is it and you just keep on building this up and most of the time you're kind of right in terms of what's going on but it never takes the time to actually explain itself to you there's no massive exposition in it it, it it all fits within quite a sort of smooth runway through itself and it, it like you said there's no there's no fat in it at all you know it, it, it's a short film but it has that thing of it's a short film but it doesn't feel like it's a ridiculously short film and it but also it never feels over long as well there's so much going on in it and there's so much making you think about it but actually in reality not a lot actually happens it, it and it almost plays with its scares because there's no real actual scares but there are jump scares but the jump scares are jokes within the movie uh which which is a really kind of a clever little sort of way to play around and to fuck around with with the kind of the found footage um sort of horror tropes uh that i really liked you know um that dude was is is fantastically creepy from from the get-go with it and there's there's a lot of moments i mean that the the moment where he's in the the bath uh and he's doing that oh, it's, tubby time. Yeah, that's yeah. just this is fucking this is really weird 
this is you know and you're very much watching it at that point from the viewpoint of uh patrick brace's character so you, so everything that you're thinking um you know is a, is a mirror reflection of what he will clearly be thinking um and that's how it kind of goes on until you have the stop point where he starts going and then you, he, he's telling you what he's thinking. So you have this flip of the audience of being, well, I'm thinking the same thing he is, I'm seeing the same thing he is, to it flips it round and now what we've been shown is what he's thinking and what he's seeing. And so we're having a look at him in a different, this character in a completely different way because we're no longer that character. We're actually looking at him as a character. And, and that worked really, really well. So, I, yeah, I, I really, really, um, I found it really unsettling as, as a film. Yeah, man. I mean, just, it's it's very playful as well. I mean, mm. it's got, it, it, it's obviously drawing some inspiration from uh, from Michael Haneke, and uh, I mean, it does feel like maybe one of Patrick Bryce's favourite films is Funny Games. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, that's that's no bad thing. Um, but like, I love the uh, I love the the bit after he kind of attacks him when he's got the peach fuzz um, mask on. Yeah. And then it kind of cuts, and then it's the the shot of him dumping the body, and you you are like, what the fuck is happening now? Yeah. Like, are we just going to be spending the next half an hour with him or something? And then it kind of pulls pulls away, and then it, it you know it's kind of revealed. I I like the fact that the second half of the film is the aftermath of the first half of the film. Um, yeah, the the fact that it, it's not because I was expecting it to just all be those two guys at that cabin. So yeah. when when that happened, it was like right, okay, that's unexpected. And then just the way that when he starts getting those packages. You know, you've got. I mean, you've got an idea of what what um, uh, uh, Joseph's intentions are, but then he keeps on like. But then the next thing, he'll kind of explain himself and apologize and things like that. You know, um, and, and you know the, the package with the uh, the uh, the knife mm. and the, uh, the oh, what is it, the baby wolf toy. Yeah, you know, and it's like, what the fuck is that about? And then he sticks on the DVD, and then he actually explains it, and it almost like yes to somebody who's mentally disturbed, that could actually make sense, and that could be in his head construed as completely not threatening. Yeah, you know, and it, it, I, I, I love, I, I love that. Um, but then by the end as well, it's like. What was he just saying all this stuff just to fuck with him, or did he genuinely think it? And he's just—he is an absolute emotional yo-yo. I, I mean, oh, you know, all these people that he's killed and whatnot—I suppose would probably seem to indicate that now he knows what he's doing. He's just fucking with him. But I—I I, just—I like that he's such an unknown quantity even at the end, and I don't need an explanation for it. Yeah, that—that's it. It, it. it works so well because you. You're unsure about you know what what is his psyche? Like you say, is he just is he is he completely mentally damaged in the fact that he's he's he just has these quick outbursts of, of reaction and he's not able to think clearly between what is right and what is rational and what is wrong, or is he just a proper fucking psychopath and all of it is uh, a sociopathic experiment that he gets him to the point of where he can kill people? you're not really sure and the, the fact that we you know at the end of it we get to see this opening of the you know the the cupboard and there's 
a lot of videotapes and then there's a lot of um there's a lot of them on just um cd-roms mm. and so it's like oh he's been doing this for a long time but then you also get the idea that um that he's He's clearly got some money behind him because that's quite a nice place that he has. Um, but even though he's renting it and it's such like that, but you know, he seems to be have a confidence behind that. And he's the fact that he's, he's the way that his sister's brought into it as well. And she's like, "My brother's not very well. You need to get out of there." Suggests that she's got some kind of possible knowledge of what goes on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. I, I mean, I, I like that as well. The way that she's like. No, it's fine. You just need to go now. Yeah. You know, I like the way that she's not screaming at him, but she, you know, like the, the kind of the forceful tone of it still. Um, but I mean, it just there's wonderfully creepy images in it as well. I mean, like Jesus fucking Christ. I mean, again, and this is, you know, reminiscent of the strangers. Um, but the shot where it's like the middle of the night and he wakes up and, um, he's yeah. like walking about shouting. And then, like, he's stood there and the door's, like, behind him. And then he moves. And then he's just at the door. Mm. It's a yeah, it's a, it's a really it's a really well-shot film, I think, for the whole thing. It, it, it does use the, the found footage really quite well. There's no points where you go, that's a little bit. You're bending the fucking realms of found footage there a little bit. It, it all does feel like that. And, that, that yeah, it's a, it's a lovely shot, is that? Yeah, I mean it's it's a great show. It's wonderfully creepy, and then and like you say, the fact that the jump scares are all him yeah. as well. Um, but I mean, the one at the end, one at the end really got me actually. <laughs> um, Which jump you know, scares himself? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That 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 like seriously, that one's brilliant. Yeah, I like I, I, the way that it like he does it, and he turns the camera on himself, and he's startled as well. It's that that's fantastic. And just the shit and like the look on his face, like the smile, like this guy's gone down the fucking rabbit hole. Yeah, wow. He, he has. Absolutely. Another great shot is the one where he's trying, where uh, Aaron's saying that he's just going to get off. Um, and you've got Joseph stood uh, like halfway up the stairs with the light behind him. Oh, yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. And it's like, you can't see any of his face. You can just see his silhouette. And we get fixed with that for a good kind of like a couple of minutes worth of conversations. That's all we can see, and it's a really well um, a well framed shot because you know you've got the the perfect symmetry of the way that they banished the, the way that the um, railings run up either side, and he's framed in the middle there. That's it's a really really nice shot that's, that's held really well for a good few minutes there. And you know you're almost I was almost going. I've got to remember to listen to what's going on because I, I'm just enjoying watching this show. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, it, it, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's very impressive. I don't really have much to criticise no, it for. I, I mean, I, apart from the fact that I do think that after your first watch, I do think the impact will oh, yeah, will yeah. lessen. It, 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 it's an absolute. It, it's, it's it's a one watch buzz. Um, you might you know want to watch it in a few years time and go, God yeah, that, that's a really good film. But it's not something you're going to be able to watch every year or every eighteen months or anything like that. Certainly mm. not. Mm. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of done to be honest. I, I had, yeah, you know, it, it, it's it's an under eighty minute movie. There's not going to be that much you know to fucking chat about. But yeah, it's a definitely not shit. I was I was very pleasantly surprised. It does show that. You know that you don't need to um, stick to these modern fucking horror tropes to, to pull out a really effective film. And the good thing is, 
it, it, it's not laden uh, with unnecessariness, uh, I'll say. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's just 75 minutes in and out. You know, I watched it. I was done with it. I managed to play an hour of Arkham Knight before bed. So, yeah. you know, it was like, boom, done. Yeah, cool. Right. Uh, so we're going to go from that. Uh, we're going to go straight into our other review. Uh, so we, we know we've got time to actually to, to give it the, you know... The sort of time we're that we're it not police academying it. Yeah, we, we, exactly. That's it. We don't. We, we, we've learned from those mistakes. Um, so we're going to give you a trailer from uh, another new horror film, uh, one that's got quite a lot of buzz. Uh, we are still uh, here, uh, directed by uh, Ted. Uh, I want to say George again, so I'm going to say George again. Um, so here's a trailer for that, and then we'll we'll, we'll get into it. satisfy the darkness. Every 30 years or so, the goddamn place just wakes up! And it demands new blood! Okay, that was a trailer for We Are Still Here, uh, set in the late 70s, in 1979 to be precise. Um, Annie, uh, so not Annie, uh, Anne and uh, Paul uh, Scatetti um, are moving to a new town uh, in uh, rural New England. Uh, they're um, still uh, mourning the death of their son Bobby and they're moving there to kind of start afresh. Uh, when they get there, they uh, notice that there's problems with the house, problems in the basement. It seems to be warmer than it needs to be and uh, creepy shit happens. Um, Anne is uh, suspecting or, or claims that she can feel a presence and she thinks that presence is her deceased son Bobby. Um, so they get friends of theirs, uh, Jacob and Mary Lewis, played by Larry Fessenden and Lisa Marie, um, to kind of come because uh, and, and to sort of stay with them because she believes that um, that uh, May has um, powers, we'll say. Um, so, Ian, uh, we are still here. Uh, what do you think? Actually, do you want to go first, bud? Because I've been going first a lot on this show. So uh, uh... Yeah, all right, yeah, I'll go first. Um, it, it, it's quite a strange one moving from uh, Creep to this. Um, creep is a very you know effective kind of found footage uh, and... You know, he's a modern horror film uh, that that gives us none of those modern horror tropes to come into something like 
we are still here, uh, which seems to be um, a little bit kind of full of those uh, modern uh, sort of horror tropes. Uh, I'm going to lay my fucking cards out on the line here um, with this film. I was frankly bored for pretty much all of it. Uh, and uh, was was not a fan. It, it pushed a lot of wrong buttons for me. Uh, I thought that it was, for a start off, really shoddily um, directed. Uh, I thought the acting uh, was ropey at, at, at best, I think, to give it a, a description. Uh, I couldn't give a shit about the story, and for the last 20 minutes, it essentially just went, oh, here's a lot of gore, um, and... By that point, I was like, I don't think you've, you've earned this uh, with the story. Uh, and then when you're... To, to explain what has gone on, you, you have to do that with a series of um, newspaper clippings in your credit sequence. I felt, you know, if you have to do that, it, it means you've fucked up in your film, essentially. Uh, I was, was, was not a fan, to be honest. Uh, what do you think? Um, I thought it was all right. Uh, like that's my one-line review of it, to be honest. Um, I I liked the design of the the creatures or I'll whatever you, you want to call it. That. Yeah, yeah, but they they were they were uh, were one of the highlights within the film. So. Like that that's a, that that's some really nice imagery coming from them. Um, and I liked Larry Fessenden. I thought he brought a lot of life to the yeah, party. I mean, he always does, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to shit on Larry Fessenden because he's, he's, he's always he's always worth it. He's always good entertainment. Mm. And um, he, that that guy is the man generally as well. I will say, but um, yeah. Um, it it was I don't know. It was it was. I mean, I, I watched it like two weeks back to be honest with you. So I'm a little bit hazy on it. But yeah, the 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 lead couple they just. Very, very bland, very generic. They didn't really do anything. And you're right as well. The newspaper clippings thing, like, it just, you've got this, like, mysterious stuff happening through the film. And, like, I mean, here's the question. The new girl at the bar goes to open the door and she gets shot in the head for her trouble. Yeah, why? Yeah, why why did, why was he just going to, or instantly shoot? Well, because he didn't recognise them or something? It just... It, It made no sense. Yeah, it was that was very very odd, and I wasn't too sure about what the fuck the actual, like what actually was the 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 the, the whole thing. So the, the the creatures were the family. Yeah. But the family, but that like the house was some separate entity that needed to feed, or was it the family that needed the to feed? The family needed or... to feed. So they let them have the house, and every thirty years they give them a family to feed on. So they have right. the house, and they 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 have that space, and they can do what with they will with that. Uh, and then every thirty years they they give them a family to feed on as part of some kind of ritual. I'm guessing. So the kid, so the 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 lead couple's son. He died in a car crash, but it, it like one of the deaths in the film, like it basically says, yeah, they can get to you even if you're in a car. So was he supposed to have been killed by them? Or... I'm not sure. Yeah. To be honest, I, I, I thought it, it's an incredibly confused film. I don't like, know. There's, there's it, loads on the cutting room floor. Because it's like, well, if that's the case, then surely the the family are sated for another thirty years. Then, and and if. If not, 
then it's kind of like implied that no one had been in that house for like bloody ages anyway. Exactly. Yeah. Like, because yeah, like, like the, the 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 guy and his nervous wife come uh, come and they're like, oh, this will always be the Danbar house or whatever the yeah. fucking family's called, and it's just like, well, no, their their son was living there. So did you guys not even know the son was there or? It, it, Do you see what I mean? Yeah, it's just it, like it doesn't it, make any sense. No, it doesn't at all. It, the, the entire film doesn't doesn't make sense of itself, and then it tries to explain itself to you know after the credits or, or during the credits with a lot of newspaper clippings that still make you go, but you still haven't explained what what was going on, and so that just strikes to me as they don't know what was going on. They had an idea, but they just couldn't come up with an actual reasoning for it so what they did instead was they went oh here's a lot of gore well I mean to be honest I actually quite like the last 10 minutes I liked how fucking wow what the shit that it got and I kind of wish the rest of the film was like that to be honest I do wonder if some of the this film's fucking brilliant kind of tweeting has oh, been a reaction to the last 10 minutes it is it, 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 you know and, and do you know what um Gorehounds are a perfectly fucking fine, um, you know, subgenre of the, you know, the horror um, kind of community. You know, you've got your people who like, you know, your occult films and everything like that. Gorehounds, that's fine. And you've got your last 10 minutes of this. This is pure Gorehounds um, horror. That's fine. So they're the guys who love it. But fuck, I mean, seriously, it, it just seems to be that, that that's all you need to do now. If you want to get a load of fucking notoriety and you want your film to be called one of the great new horror films of blah, 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 year, just put a load of fucking gore in it. And that, that'll that be fine. And people will go, oh, it's amazing, blah, blah, blah. You know, it, it just... It, it, it's now getting to the point of where it's... It, with the exception of, of a handful of people, if, if I start hearing wind of, oh, this is a great new modern horror film, it makes me go, that'll be shit then. You know, yeah, yeah. You know, you know. It, it, to be honest, if people had been going on and on about creep, I'd have thought, well, that'll be shit then. It but was the weird. That it's weird that people me, weren't going on yeah. about creep, but I, I think it did play festivals a while back, so that might be why. Yeah, and hopefully it'll get some sort of play once it comes out on on, on Netflix. But you know, the fact that it was you who said, "Oh, creep, it's really good. It's really creeping me out," but I can't work out why. I was like, Do you know what? That there, if I'm getting. It from somebody whose opinion I know and I trust, etc., etc. I'm fine with it. But now, if anyone ever sort of, if, if a big new fucking horror film comes out that, that people go, is amazing, I will now probably be one of the fucking last to watch it because I just can't be asked to sit through the. But I mean, this film isn't even long; it's under 85 minutes, and I was incredibly bored. I, I, I mean, I'll say I wasn't bored. Um, I mean, the end result was right. That was that then. Um, but I, I wasn't bored. Um, like I say, the last 10 minutes I thought kind of perked it up well enough and I did like the, the, the design and I liked Larry Fessenden. I like Lisa Marie as well, you know, yeah. I mean, I thought, I thought she was decent. If it was those two as the lead characters and not the actual two lead characters, I would have been way more into it. And I also, I must say, I like the fact that it's a horror film where the main set of characters are like in their fucking fifties. That's fine, and I, 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 I'm all behind that. But they're terrible characters. 
And yeah, the I mean, script, the script. Even if you just take away the story, which we've already agreed is is bullshit. Uh, it, it literally is like somebody makes somebody's gone. Oh, I really um, like uh, House by the Cemetery. I, I want to try and make that. Um, and you know the script, the the, the the story is terrible. The actual screenplay is fucking brutal at points. And I don't know whether it's just that it's a brutal screenplay or it's just the, the, it's just badly staged. But at points I was going. Oh, this this is this, the only horror this film is inflicting is on my brain. Uh, well, fair enough. I, I I mean the thing is I'm not going to go particularly to bat. It's like the Babadook. Like I I I, I thought the, Bab- the Babadook. I thought I thought the Babadook was all right. I'm not particularly going to bat for it, and especially when that film doesn't need any defending because everybody else loves it. Um, but I mean, it's kind of the same the same case here, really. I just it's it's um I don't know. It's an American indie modern horror film. It's got fucking metaphor about grief, which doesn't really come to anything. You know, it's got a mythology that doesn't really come to anything. You know, it's got rules that don't make sense. Um, I, I, I mean, uh, again, at least it didn't have an 80s synth score this time, you know. So, I mean, I, you know what? I like 80s synth scores if they're done well. I was creaming all over the guest last week, you know. But it, it, I, it's just one of those things that feels like a crutch um, now, you know. And I, I, this, I mean, this is it, you know. I mean, we talked about our disenchantment with, with like, modern horror quite a bit on this show. And, you know, Fright Fest announced their opening and closing night films this past week. And I'm just, like... Yeah, I, I genuinely could not give a fuck this year. Yeah, I, I was very much like that. I, I do you know the worst thing was I, I opened the page and went, oh, I can't even be asked to read this page now. <laughs> I'll just yeah. wait. I'll just wait until I see somebody mention it on Twitter. I mean, the opening film is the new one from the guy who directed Wakewood, which was fine, but yeah. Um, and the, the closing one is an anthology film about Halloween, and I it just nah, I'm alright. Yeah. I, I, I I I don't know. It just I and I, I just don't feel the need to spend 180 quid on a festival pass, and however fucking much it will cost for accommodation in central London. You know that's that's my issue. I will say next year I'm more up for it because of the all night tubes. Yeah. So, you know, we're, we're going to be able to get accommodation way cheaper. So that's something. But, I, like, this this year, tangenting a bit, I suppose, but yeah. th- this year I genuinely could not give a fuck. Yeah, I, I, I without question, won't be, won't be attending any of it this year. Uh, I, was, I was tempted to go down just for a, a night just to kind of catch up with people, but I've just I've just got too much shit going on at the moment to, 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 to actually... to to venture out i don't it's just like it's like the thing i spend all my birthday money on and mm. you know last year last year was fun um but i think we we got away with an okay day there but the couple years beforehand that i mean like the experience of being there and with everybody is is good but the the, the films a lot of them made me want to punch myself yeah. um so you know it it, it just I mean, yeah, the highlight of last year was the fact that was was we, you know, we had a big night the first night. 
Yeah, no, exactly. We didn't watch any films the first night. We tried we to watch one. Zombievers. Zombievers. Yeah, Zombievers. We tried to watch it, but I think it just got fucked up, and then I think I scared the manager of the view into giving us a refund. Well, to be fair, we walked in, and, like, every single fucking seat was full. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, and then and then we just went and got pissed, and that was that was great fun. Yeah. You know, but, I, I mean, Jesus Christ, even when we were there, we were talking about, shall we just go and see Sin City 2 instead of whatever the fuck's playing Fright Fest? <laughs> and we were there for Fright Fest. Yeah. You know, the best film I saw that bloody weekend was Lucy. Yeah, <laughs> which, 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 which we saw in the morning. It's the the morning thing. after the Fright Fest day. Yeah. You know, uh, it just, yeah, that that's it, you know. So I just can't be fucked. <laughs> exactly, yeah, I'm, I'm exactly there uh, with that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to, like I said, let my cards out. I, I thought where we are still here was, was, was just shit, to be honest. I just didn't didn't dig it, didn't dig the aesthetic uh, or any of it. Just, it just it, it pushed all my wrong buttons. I'm at a, a really super mild, definitely not shit, really super mild really 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 super mild <laughs> but i like larry fessenden went a long way for me if it didn't have larry fessenden and if it didn't have that last 10 minutes i'd be right there with you but yeah. it had them so there you go <laughs> no worries right well, well we're gonna get into uh some of what we've been watching uh now uh so ian do you want to kick us off um uh, give us uh, a couple of your first what you've been watching this week yeah, sure. So, in a similar vein to We Are Still Here, I watched Kenneth Branagh's Cinderella. All right. Uh, um, so, yeah, I watched this uh, last night with uh, with Donna, and um, um, I got weirdly emotional watching it. <laughs> I'll be absolutely honest with you. I've never watched the Disney Cinderella, um, so I didn't really have a clue about the story. And, um, you know, the first ten minutes or so, a mum dies. And then within about five minutes of that, a dad goes off on a business trip to Europe. And I just looked at Don. I was just like, he's going to fucking die as well, isn't he? And she was like, yeah. Oh, brilliant. All right. Yeah, that's great. So, you know, <laughs> within 15 minutes, left a, left without a parent. And she's got a cunt for a mother, played by a stepmother, played by Kate Blanchett. Yeah. It's like, right, OK, I feel horrible for this girl. <laughs> but... Her mother's pretty much dying words to her. I'll have courage and be kind. And you know what? She is. Other people help her out every now and then. But she has courage. She's kind. And she gets with a prince at the end. And that's awesome. I was so behind Cinderella within the first 15, 20 minutes or so. Because her parents died and because she was good. (laughs) You know, I was just like, right, yeah. I'm on board. I'm on board. And that's the thing. People have complained about this film that it's it's like very, very traditional. It's quite reductive in that way. It's not doing the uh, the kind of the frozen thing where like are oh, the true loves with um, her sister. And that's that's great. And I, I, I genuinely I really like Frozen and for that element particularly. But it is also kind of nice in this age of revisionism to have something be really fucking traditional, but really classy really well told that's it. Great. If, if, if you can tell a, a traditional story and a, and a, and a well known and a well a, a well documented story but fuck it if you can tell it well that's that's brilliant yeah I, I, I mean the thing is 
they also actually give a bit, uh, you know, a, a bit of good stuff to Gabe. I know you don't like Kate Blanchett. I, I'm fine with Kate Blanchett. They, they actually give some reasoning and they don't drive the point home, but why she hates Cinderella so much. And it actually, you know, it kind of makes sense. And it makes the interactions between them much more effective. And there's a line, like Cinderella's last line to Kate Blanchett here. It's really, really kind of like soul crushing for Kate Blanchett's character, even though Cinderella means it in a nice way. And it's very interesting. I mean, she plays it very big and very broad, but that's kind of what what the character is here. So I, I think that's fine. But um, Richard Madden plays the prince. Some people had said that he's very flat, doesn't have much to do. He doesn't have much to do, but I didn't find him flat. I actually did think he was quite charming, frankly. And um, I, I I liked his his thing. Um, I, I, and I liked the chemistry he had with Lily James. Lily James is really solid in it as well. She's not asked to do much, but have courage and be kind. She does that. She does it well. Um, the film looks fucking great. There's a ball, the ballroom sequence is like costume design through the roof. Um, Helena Bonham Carter's in it for one scene, and she's fun. Um, she's not goffy. She's just a laugh, and that's great. Um, I, 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 yeah, I don't know. I had a really solid time with it. I, it's it's a it's a good film. It's not amazing. Um, I don't think Disney's live action department uh, are doing the, the the great work that their animated department are doing um, lately, personally. Yeah. Um, but it's better it's better better than Maleficent. It feels like there's more point to it than Maleficent, even though this is telling essentially the same story as the original. Whereas Maleficent was telling things from a different point of view than Sleeping Beauty. But this this feels more of a place. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I, I I won't lie. Um, I I just got really behind Cinderella, and by the end, I was like, "Fucking hey, that's good on you." That's what that's what the film's supposed to do. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's achieved its objective. Yeah, there you go. You know, I, four stars. You know, I, I I I had a really really good Saturday night with it, and it's just about not too long. Yeah, it's like an hour forty before credits, and that's just there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, it's it, I, I had a really good time with it. I'm I am intrigued to watch the original. I'll I'll, I'll watch the original with with Lottie, you know, because that probably won't be too long now. So um, yeah, uh, but there you go. So Cinderella. Um, I'll just do a couple more and then I'll hand it for you, to you for the moment. Um, what else did I watch? Uh, Thunderball. Um, the uh, and thanks to my Bond series, I think I'm going to continue watching them, even though, even if I'm not writing the pieces. Um, Connery's got less of a smirk on his face this time round. It, it does kind of seem like maybe he's getting a little bit tired of it all. But um, the underwater photography is still really impressive, even if they overload it a bit. Um, I mean, this is a film where like the cli- one of the climactic sequences is about twenty good guys and 20 bad guys going at each other underwater and shooting spears at each other. And it's really elongated and it's nice wide shots. And it must've been such a pain in the ass to film it. Um, but it's, it, it's, it's cracking. It's really fun. Um, and it's also the first bit of kind of meta commentary on the bond series where 
Um, Bond fucks a an agent of Spectre, but she doesn't turn to the good side. And she actually says, oh, that, that basically, oh, Mr. Bond, did you think just because you fucked me, I'd suddenly, like, turn, you know, <laughs> like, just like all the other girls. And I quite like that. I like that it's even quite knowing at that point that that is what it is, and it's going to have fun with that. Um, so there you go. I mean, th- there is a lot of dodgy sexual politics to come, but actually this one's not one of the really bad ones in that way. Um but yeah, it's fun. It's a bit long, but it starts off with Bond flying a jetpack. So, um, you know, you can't really go too far wrong there. And um, yeah, that will end it for me for now. Uh, go on, Mark, you do some. Okay, I've not watched that much uh, this week because I've been incredibly busy. Uh, so I've not really had a chance to, to watch out. Um, I did, I'll, I've got a couple though to do. Uh, I did have a watch uh, the uh, Ethan um, Cohen uh, film, not Ethan Cohen uh, film, Get Hard, uh, starring Will Ferrell and Kevin Hart. Uh, Will Ferrell plays a, a hedge fund manager uh, called James King who is extremely wealthy um, and seems to be one of those, he's very intelligent but has lived a very sheltered kind of life uh, he has uh, a, a young fiance played by Alison Brie uh, who is clearly uh, just with him for his money which is not explained actually very well because she is actually the daughter of the owner of the business that he works for, played by Craig T. Nelson and uh, he obviously is a good guy uh, and it seems like he's getting fucked over because he gets arrested by the uh, Securities and Frauds Commission uh, and is uh, sentenced to 10 years in San Quentin uh, when he won't take a deal where he'd serve uh, a year in a minimum security prison. Uh, he then decides that uh, he's going to enlist the help of Kevin Hart's character uh, who... He thinks just because he's black, he must have been to prison and must know what's going, you know, how to survive in prison. Uh, when the actuality is, um, he plays a character uh, called Darnell, who is the cleanest uh, guy in his neighborhood. And all he's trying to do is get $30,000 so he can get his family out of the not great neighborhood he lives in into a really good neighborhood. Uh, and then your know, hilarity ensues uh, as he tries to teach Does it? how to be a uh, apparently uh, a, 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 how to survive in prison. Um, this film is a hundred minutes long, and I will say this for it: the first hour is brutal, <laughs> like not a single fucking joke lands. It is awful it is embarrassingly bad like really fucking really are you you seriously think that's funny and it is it's just it it's it's so bad that i i was very tempted just to turn it off but then I, my complete completism was just no I, i've got to get through it I, for two reasons i've got to get through it one i, I don't want to i don't want this film to beat me and two I don't have many films to talk about on the podcast and I don't have time to watch another film so I might as well just get the last 40 minutes of Get Hard out of the fucking way. Uh, Kevin Hart seems to only have one character and it is Kevin Hart and that is it. 
there are less short jokes, but there is just general Kevin Hart doing the kind of zany kind of moving around really quickly and sort of saying stuff and you know accepting the fact that he's not a gangbanger because he's too short and a little. He, he's no kind of... Malcolm Wayans. I give him that. Marlon Wayans. <laughs> he, he is no Marlon Wayans. No. Uh, it, it is the character that you know Will Ferrell is essentially playing the character that he's played for the past ten years, fifteen years nearly, to good effect. But it's like, do you know what? We saw all these jokes in between two thousand and four and two thousand and nine, and they were funny to start off with, and they've got gradually less funny as it's gone along, uh, and then now they're just not funny anymore. Uh, Alison Brie is, is is fast starting to maybe realise the fact that again she seems to have one character and it's yeah I'm hot so what I'm a bit of a bitch as well okay do something else maybe somebody from Community's not good how dare you I know and, and this comes from somebody who loved the first three seasons of Community uh, but. If I see another fucking six seasons of movie hashtag, I will literally punch my iPhone until that person can fucking feel it. Because no, just because the show started out great, don't mean to say it's always going to fucking continue being great. Uh, yeah, she's 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 not good in this at all. Um, I will say one thing though. There's a moment where for about 10, 15 minutes... Um, it starts to get quite, or it has a period of about 10, 15 minutes where I started to find myself laughing at it. Uh, and it, it was because it, 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 it's almost like the film takes a moment where um, Will Ferrell's character, James King, has to sort of start taking things seriously and has to start realising uh, that he has to get hard. Uh, and and th- what makes him realise is that he can't get hard because he's been trying to get hard and yes, that is literally this is a joke that runs all the way through it it is, Kevin Hart decides right, you can't get hard, we've tried getting you hard and it doesn't work, what you've got to now do is learn how to suck dick because then you'll be fine, if you can just suck a good dick you'll be fine um, once you realise he, he can't even do that then he, he realises he's got to get hard. And there's a moment where he, he's been working on his smack talk. And so Kevin Hart's like, right, go on, give me, your, give me your best. And Will Ferrell just starts doing that where he's just making up shit and just saying it. And it's actually quite amusing for about a, a 15, maybe 20 minute period. And then it stops being amusing again for the last 15, 20 minutes. Uh, I, I, I'm amazed that this movie didn't absolutely fucking bomb. <laughs> Because it really should have bombed. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> it's not even. Oh, it'll be all right with a few beers on a fucking on, on a Friday night. Good. It's just awful. Don't watch it, please. I'll watch it. I know you will. Uh, I, you know, I find Will Ferrell very easy to watch. So um, I I will watch it, and I won't heed your warning. Yes, I I, 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 I totally didn't expect you to. Um, I'll talk about another one quickly, and I'll let you have a go, and I'll talk about my the, the main one that I want to talk about. Uh, I watched a film called El Gringo, um, which stars um, Scott Adkins and Christian Slater, um, where since you've got Scott Adkins plays a, a, a DA agent uh, who turns up in a town in Mexico, um, 
with a bag full of, I think it's four million dollars, uh, and all he wants to do is get is is get to somewhere else in Mexico where he can essentially start, you know, living off this money. Um, but he's had to walk for like two days, and he's dehydrated. He's managed to pick up a dog from somewhere, uh, but nobody will sell him a glass of water. Uh, and then the town is run by a gang who find out he's got all this money, and then he just has to start shooting motherfuckers. And that is it. <laughs> that actually sounds all right. Okay. Do you know what? Do you know what? Uh, I was talking about with uh, PBI Street Gang uh, on Twitter. It is very similar in tone to Commander. Which actually I also watched this week as well, but I've spoken about Commander before on the podcast. Uh, it is very similar in tone of that, in the fact that at one point he ends up with just a bag full of guns and people are just coming out of everywhere and he's shooting them and he just doesn't miss once. Every time he just turns around and shoots blindly, he hits somebody. You've got some Jamaican drums going in the background as well. There, unfortunately, are some uh, yeah. amazing James Horner scores uh, in this, uh, which that was a tragic thing that happened this fucking week. Fucking R.I.P. that, man. Yeah, I mean, I, and then there's a genuine comment that's really strange. I, I, I watched Commander on Monday night, I think, uh, and then obviously we found out that he, he tragically died on Tuesday. Um, but Commander still remains the score for that still remains one of my all time favourite scores um, it, because it just reminds me of that movie all of the time um, whenever I listen to it and I do listen to it on occasions on its own it, it's just it, it's a great score yeah I, I, right, just on the horn the tip like we could have had another 30 possibly 40 years of fucking scores from him yeah that's that's the killer. That's sad. It, it, it really is a genuine sad because he, he has written some just brilliant scores, uh, yeah. and he, he he was one of those you could tell, even if you didn't see the credits, if you didn't know it was him. Within ten minutes of watching a film, you could go, ah, oh, it's a James Horner score. You could just he he had that kind of style to him that you you knew it was a James Horner score yeah. in the same way as you know John Williams score and you know a Hans Zimmer score. You know, a Michael Giacchino score, because it, it, like, there'll always be one bit where he does that piano thing like he did in Lost. Yeah. Where it's all sad and reflective. Yeah. Every single one of his fucking films. Yeah. We, there'll we, be a bit of that piano. Yeah, like like, like uh, every Simpsons episode has to use that one piece of fucking music they're using nowadays. Um, Which piece? Uh, it's like a really kind of like somber piece, uh, and it's usually... Usually within like almost like a little fucking montage scene of sadness. In The and, Simpsons. Yeah, and they use it fucking all the time. It's driving me insane. I've all but I've never all but stopped watching The Simpsons now. So, uh, slight tangent there. But yeah, but El Gringo. It's on Netflix. Uh, it is. It's too long. I'll be honest. It is an over. It's over an hour and a half long. It's too fucking long. But it's fucking fun, and Scott Adkins can kick fucking ass. So. Yeah. Thoroughly a fucking late night midweek watch. Yeah. Is what I'll say. Yeah. Uh, go on. What else? What else have you been watching? And I'll I'll, I'll get to my, my 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 big one. Well, it was a film I've been itching to talk about for a while. And oh. I was kind of hoping you'd seen it. Oh, but... I, 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 I'm not. I really didn't mean to watch it today. I just ran out of time. Fucking hell! Wanted to talk to you about this. All right. Well, I'm going to do it before my um, vision starts waning on it. Um, the Cobbler. Um, new Tom McCarthy film, writer-director of The State, Station Agent and Win Win. Yeah. Um, basically making a film 
of the type that Adam Sandler was taking the piss out of in Funny People, essentially. Yeah. Um, um, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I was on Netflix US, and it's I was there. just scrolling through it. I was like, the fucking Cobbler is on Netflix US already. That's quick. Like, that is... I mean, it was playing festivals last year. And, I mean, it's an Adam Sandler starring film. Mm. And it basically appears to have essentially gone direct to Netflix. Um, so I was but just then like... Again, he has got this big deal coming up with Netflix, hasn't he? Yeah, that's true. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, maybe. That's a good point. Um, but, yeah, so I just thought, sod it. I'll stick it on. I'll probably get 10, 15 minutes in and then turn it off. Watch the whole thing. Um... But basically, it's slightly car crashy in a way that the narrative through the film is essentially like a kid going, and this happened, and this happened, and this happened, and this happened, and this happened. It's just, it seems to just tumble into itself. So the basic premise is, for some reason... Adam Sandler has a, an old school uh, um, uh, stitching machine uh, uh, that he, he finds in his basement. Um, and he, he kind of works in his uh, dad's uh, like cobbling um, uh, business. And his dad has disappeared and seems to have run out on them. Um, and he finds this machine. And for no real reason whatsoever, one night he puts on one of the pairs of shoes that he'd been working on. And he becomes that person. And then he takes him off and then he's not that person anymore. Um, and then basically he kind of like, he has adventures in these other people's shoes. Um, Dan Stevens is in it. At one point he puts on Dan Stevens' shoes, becomes Dan Stevens. And then um, has quite a good bit where he's propositioned by Dan Stevens, his girlfriend, but then he realizes almost too late that he can't do anything because he can't take his shoes off, <laughs> uh, which, you know, is, is, is pretty good. Um, but then it starts getting into this thing about, um, he kind of uncovers through the shoe wearing, he uncovers this, um, plot to, uh, gentrify the neighborhood neighborhood. And then Unbarkin plays this, um, woman who's, um, looking to, uh, basically force these these people out of the uh, out of their building so she can knock it down. Um, so then that stuff happens, and then the last ten or fifteen minutes of the film happens. <laughs> I really, really, really want to say what it is, but I won't. What I will say is that they almost appear to be setting up a franchise, not unlike a comic book franchise. All right. It basically seems to try and be setting up the Cobbler Cinematic Universe. Okay, that sounds fucking interesting. And the thing is, the rest of the film doesn't... The rest of the film is mad, but it doesn't go quite as insane as the last ten minutes does. You think it's going to end at one point, and it's like, right, okay, fair enough. And then it just goes on. And it's just like, I don't know whether they're actually taking the piss or whether Tom McCarthy has had some sort of mental breakdown <laughs> while like watching Iron Man 2. 
And it just, it's the weirdest, like, seriously, like, Adonna watched, like, the last 15, 20 minutes of it with me. And she was just, like, essentially, like, well, I didn't think that was going to happen. And I was like, I just watched the entire thing, and neither did I. It is mental. I don't think it's been sold enough just how mental the last 10, 15 minutes of The Cobbler is. I think I'm going to have to watch this tonight. Sit, mate, seriously. I would love to know what you think of it. Because the, the rest of the film is interesting in a slightly car crashy, kind of I'm embarrassed for it kind of way. And then the last 10, 15 minutes is either I have got so much respect for them taking the piss like this or holy shit are they up their own asses and they just don't <laughs> know what they're doing. Yeah, it's, it's one of those could away. Mate, it's incredible. Oh, I'm gonna, I, I, I think I might have to give it a go tonight then. But I, I'm begging you. I will. I promise I will give it a go tonight. I'll, I'll convince Bex to watch it. Yeah. All right. Just tell her how mental I am. I am saying it is. <laughs> yeah. You just like there's a revelation that you kind of see coming, and it's really weird anyway. But you're like, yeah, all right then. But then. The, the, like, the, I, look out for the line about laundry laundry workers, like dry cleaner workers. Okay. Look out for that line. Anyway, that's all I'm going to say. The cobbler. It's I recommend it as almost like an experiment, <laughs> more than a film. It's. I mean, it's. It's awful, but it's captivating. And it's kind of captivating for most of it. And then it is jaw on the floor, what the shit. But in the most, like, smile-inducingly stupid, moronic way. I just... Adam Sandler and the actor, who I won't spoil, who's in it at the end with him, just they they can't they can't have not seen like they can't have said that i actually read the script and yeah yeah said yeah tom yeah spot on <laughs> there's there's no way there's no way i'm I'm, 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 gonna, I'm gonna have to watch this tonight now because because i don't want to i don't want to run the risk that somebody's gonna tell me about it mate it's fascinating i can't believe I mean, it's not, i think it's probably just because not enough people have seen it yeah but this is this it's the kind like i, I genuinely i'm prone to hyperbole i don't i don't mean this it, it in a hyperbole way at all like it feels like it's just one of those films that's destined to become a cult kind of almost like the room yeah. What the fuck were they thinking? <laughs> Film. Cool. I will, I, will, I will give it a go tonight and I will, I will but, message you to say what I think. Specifically the last 10, 15 minutes, though. The, the, I mean, the rest of it is, like, on enjoyably shit. I can, I can, which, I can, which I, up your alley. Which is, yeah, let, let's be honest, I, I can watch that. Easy. I, it fasc- but it's fascinating. Anyway, that's The Cobbler. It's on Netflix US. I kind of recommend it. I just, I kind of do. Cool. Um, but uh, yeah, I'll um, I'll end off with uh, 
uh, a film that's on Netflix UK and US now. Um, David Cross's directorial debut, Hits. Oh, yeah, I've seen the, the, the tile jump up on my screen a lot, but never actually gone beyond actually going, oh, I wonder what that is. Mm. One of the most impressively the world is going to shit and I hate everyone films I've, I've seen in a while. David Cross hates everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could see that. I mean, the film's not great. Um, it really bangs its point home. And the, it, the fact it's so obsessed with YouTube hits and that, that kind of thing kind of makes me think the logic of these YouTube things needs to make more sense. Like, there's a YouTube video at one point constructed of a courtroom scene and, like, all the shots are, like, as the film would shoot it. It's like, like in the YouTube video, you, you'd never think, well, how did they get that footage? They could never have shot, like, two, like, like a cut, the cut like that unless it was a film. Like, yeah. kind of, like it kind of breaks the, the reality there. Um, and it, it, like, a lot of the points it's, it's hammering are, are quite, um, pardon me, are quite obvious. But it is so full of bile and unpleasantness um that i i actually was kind of impressed by it it's a really uncomfortable watch and i it, it just like it, there's one character in the film that you kind of think like yeah i can get on board with this guy he's kind of at the center of a of a whirlwind here and he doesn't really realize what's going on and then he some says some stuff in a climactic scene and it's like right that's ruined it oh dear and it's just like right, David Cross hates him as well. Then, and, it, and you know, and you kind of think he's the one like olive branch you have, and then that's snapped away. So the rest of the film is like everybody's a scumbag. Nobody cares about everyone. There's no empathy in the world at all. Everybody's out for themselves. Everybody's out to try and make themselves a star the easiest way possible, or to have the easiest life possible, and that's it. And I mean, David Cross wrote it as well, yeah. and it. I think it's pretty much gone direct to Netflix over here, and I'm I, I'm not surprised. It was it was released on BitTorrent, wasn't it? it was oh, released, was it? It was released on BitTorrent as a, a, a pay what you want. Oh, that's interesting. I mean, I, like my my monetary value of this film would probably be like I don't know two pound fifty. That's not bad. That's probably more than what most people paid for it. Yeah, you, you know, but I mean, I watched it on Netflix, so fuck it, I'm not giving them any money. But um, I mean, they'll get my streaming. Thing, I suppose, whatever, however much that is. But, you know, like, if, if I was to say, if someone was to say, how much would you pay pay for this film after seeing it? I'd say, yeah, £2.50. You know, it, it was it was fine. I I kind of enjoyed watching it as much as you could enjoy watching this film. But I know people have taken against it, and I could see why. And it's, it's not nice to be in the company of these people for as long as you are. But, I, you know, it's... I liked that it's very unfiltered. Yeah. It obviously hasn't gone through a studio. David Cross like just got asked a bunch of his mates for favors. Yeah, which is basically what happened, isn't it? Yeah, and and, uh, and 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 that's fine. You know, um, yeah, I, I I somewhat recommend it. The Cobbler's much more of a fun watch, but Hits is a better film. Cool. I'm probably still gonna watch the Cobbler and probably will never watch Hits. There you go. Uh, there's no I'm not a big fan of David Cross, and it's got Michael Sarah in it, and I just can't put myself through that trial. He's in like two scenes. It's too too many. 
Uh, yes, right. Uh, my main one that I wanted to talk about was um, I watched Black Hat. Um, oh, I'd, cool. I'd kind of been almost putting this off a, a little bit. Um, the simple fact is it, it, it got panned, really, uh, did Black Hat. I mean, I, I'm not like uh, mildly panned, uh, like a full fucking kitchen warehouse kind of panning. Uh, and it's a Michael Mann film, and I I, I love Michael Mann films. I think the guy uh, is an in- incredible director. Um, I, I love the fact that essentially with a Michael Mann film, you get you can kind of believe that everything you're watching uh, is is the reality of what it is. Um, we spoke about when you you talked about a great Scott. Um, the other great thing is is what Michael Mann likes and what he he shows you is people um often men um just being very very good at what they do um and that is it's a, it's a fascinating way to look you know um thing to watch um so black eye you know it's about uh, a hacker who's hacked into uh, um, a nuclear power plant and has shut down one of the um one of the fans that control it and the it's caused the power plant to essentially malfunction uh it's considered a cyber terrorist uh and obviously he's planning these these other things uh so then you have the chinese government are working with the fbi uh, in conjunction uh the uh chinese agent uh says that the only thing where they can catch hacker is if they have a hacker with them uh and that's where chris hemsworth's uh nicholas hathaway comes into play uh the reason why they bring him in is because uh the um chinese uh agent um in charge uh who's called captain uh chen um he uh and hathaway were at mit together and part of the um the uh rap that was used to uh, hack the the system was uh, based on code that they'd written themselves uh, years earlier, so that's the connection there. A lot of people's um, issues uh, with Black Hat uh, have been the the, the the storytelling of it, uh, more or less. Uh, the uh, I know a lot of people taking exception to the Chris Hemsworth. Oh, you know, he couldn't look less like a hacker. I'll I will honest. say they they give that one line in the film and I'm fine with it. Yeah, that that's it. I, I will happily call bullshit on that uh, because it's we don't get to see what he looked like before he went into prison, but he's been in prison for a number of years and he, he does explain it and says, you know, I'm using my prison time to work on my body and my mind. There you go. Done. Boom. Sorry. There you go. You're in prison for three years. You work out every day. Yeah. You, you, to be fair, you could probably have a lot of uh, be very muscly, and yeah. if you've already got like the the template to look like Chris Hemsworth, and then you work out for three years, sure. Uh, yeah, and, and and case in point, Chris Pratt two years ago, Chris Pratt now, boom, there you go. Um, so th- th- there's that that sorted. What doesn't make sense is this the the love story. Uh, between uh, Captain Chen uh, brings along uh, his his sister uh, Wu Chenlin, um, who also as well um, she works within um, computers uh, and things like that, so she has a knowledge there. Uh, she's a programmer, so he brings her along, and her and Chris Hemsworth's character end up becoming a, a, an, an item. 
uh, which feels very quick, and the intensity of that relationship grows incredibly quickly. I love um, that. I like. There's that bit where the brother finds out, and they're in the airplane or the helicopter, and he's just like, you know, are you expecting to be able to have a life together? And I almost wanted Chris Hemsworth to just say, look, bro, we fucked a few times. Yeah, but they don't. And the thing is, it, it, they missed a step. This could have been quite easily sorted out and quite easily given more kind of weight if it had just come out that they had previously had uh, a relationship when Chris Hemsworth's character uh, and and the captain were um, were at, at MIT together. I kind of got I kind of got the feeling that those two had kind of liked each other previously but never actually. Yeah, gotten it, together or something, but it just seems like they, they 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 could have swept a lot of fucking you know aggro under the carpet by just having that backstory. Um, however, it didn't bother me as much as it clearly bothered the people. I can see why it bothered the people. I really um, got into it. It, it. it took me on the journey, and I, I liked it. Um, Viola Davis is very good. Uh, Holt McCartney is, is 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 very very good. Um, I'll come to another bit where the where I think the movie goes from being mm, interesting, interesting, interesting. Take away the visuals and there's fuck all there to holy fuck that just happened. Um, but it looks incredible. I mean, it there is some. St- Stunning shots in, in in this film. I think uh, I said to you on on, on WhatsApp um, to yourself that um, man, what what fucking Terence Malick sees in meadows and in the open world that that exact illicit of emotion and and fucking you know gets his fucking balls twitching. That's what man sees in industrial scapes and in city landscapes. It's the same thing. That's spot on, bud. Like, I genuinely could not have summed that up better myself. It is, you know, there is categorically nobody else out there who can shoot a city landscape from a helicopter like fucking Michael Mann can. He spends so much time on it, and you're there going... This is fucking stunning. This is absolutely stunning. And the other thing man can do better than probably anybody is he can shoot a fucking shootout scene outdoors like a motherfucker. Because I was enjoying this film and I was letting it wash over me and I was going to go, do you know what? Everyone else crapped on it, but I, I dug it. But... And remember, guys, we're all spoiled all the time. The minute that fucking Chen's car exploded, because I was not expecting that to happen at that uh-huh. moment. Uh-huh. For me, the next ten minutes of that film are fucking great. They are magnificent. That shootout is brilliant, because in one fell swoop, man goes... Oh, you know this little crew that you've got to know. You know all of these these little people that you've got to know. We know where it's going now. All of this, all of this. Oh yeah, bang! They're all gone like that, and we've then got to go. Whoa, fuck! Mm. So we're just going on a journey with these two guys now, and it's from then you realise that Chris Hemsworth character isn't just good with computers. He's he's one of those. He wasn't at MIT. Because he was good with computers, he's an actual fucking genius, and he he's he's honed 
everything mm-hmm. to this point, and we're going to use those skills. I I am one of those where I other people didn't like it, didn't dig it, fine with that. I fucking genuinely really really like Black Hat, and at the moment it's in my top ten of the year. Yeah, I'm not going to go that far, but I very much like Black Hat. Um, yeah. It the the love interest stuff is problematic, yeah. and I yeah I I can see where some people are coming from on it. Um, it, it just it I it, it in a way I mean just in terms of the seriousness of it, but it's kind of it's just what man does. It's Really good uh, people, really good at their jobs, doing what they do, you know. And I mean that that is Black Cat, and yeah. um, uh, uh, that that is it. Uh, it, it. That love interest angle is brutal, though. Like it's really, really bad. It is. Did, did uh, the the end of it remind you a lot of Blowout? Really? Yeah, the end. You know when they're walking through Jakarta uh, and it's that parade thing that's going on. For some reason, it just really reminded me of the end of Blowout. It would have if, um, oh, fuck, hang on, what happens at the end of black, fucking Black Cat? You know, he's, he's we're walking through and there's that parade in Jakarta. Uh, yeah, and, he's... and he, he, he has that fight. And, oh, yeah, that I also wasn't a massive fan of. Like, the climactic, right, the hacker's going to have a fist fight with Chris Hemsworth. Hmm, I wonder how this is going to go. <laughs> I, I, yeah, by that point, I think it, the film had me by that point. But um, even though I like the end shot as well, where like you don't know whether they're going to be rumbled or not. Yeah. It's like they're like um just like at the airport departure gate, gate aren't they? And then there's like some security people in the background. Is there? Yes. Just yeah, yeah. Behind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I really dug it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I very much liked it. I'm looking forward. To, I, I'm, I, I very much liked it. I'm looking forward to watching it again. I. It's not top ten of the year for me, and um, I, you know, I don't think it's up there with man's best, but I think it's very solid, and I think it's been very unfairly shit on. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Uh, right, uh, anything else to add, Ian? Uh, we've not had any questions. I think it's, I, I put out the, the, the ask for questions very, very late. Um, so any other bits you need to talk about? Um, no. I do have a suggestion for next week, if you are up for it. Uh, I'm, I'm up for anything. Hit me with it. Terminator retrospective, ending with a review of Terminator Genisys. I can do that, yep. All four nice. Terminator films? Yep. Boom, I'm up for that, yep. I can get those watched this week easy. Sweet. Sweet. Uh, right, that was episode 116. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I think it's quite a good show, actually. Yeah, I... I Thoroughly enjoyed that. Uh, uh, and, and the Minions review didn't happen because we thought we were going to have Noel on, um, but we didn't, and that's fair enough. Um, but also, because frankly, I kind of thought Mark didn't deserve going to see Minions. Yeah, like, I, you obviously weren't that into it. I so. wasn't chomping at the bit, no. Uh, Isabel went to see it this afternoon uh, with, with some of her friends, um, and she said it. It, it it was alright, so it was funny enough, but it said it, it, it kind of said so the first the first half of it is a lot funnier than the second half of it. Okay. Uh so yeah, so yeah, I'm looking forward to that. A, a full fucking Terminator thon uh next week. I'm yeah, I'm I'm well up for that. Nice. 
Cool. Uh, so, right, we shall see to you uh, next week. Thank you very much for listening, guys. Mm.